We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions draft breakdown. We're going to break down each and every Detroit Lions draft pick, and we're going to talk all about the players. All on episode 181 of the Pride Podcast. With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select... Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in. Jared Goldberg. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. DJ Hawkinson, they did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 181 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Malcolm Pierre. How you boys doing tonight? Woo! (laughs) I'm like Malcolm, bro. I'm happy, man. We got a great draft. Um, life is good right now. It's starting to get warm out. So let's go, man. Tyler, how are you doing, bro? You always ask us, but how are you doing? How am I doing? Um, I'm doing well. I mean, uh, for the Lions' sake, I'm doing very well. But Malcolm has been poking at me the last week or two about my baseball team and how I, be, I should be switching up on teams. And it, I mean, there's that. And then, I mean, so there's, it's it's going all right. It's going all right. <laughs> I, I like I like the Tigers, but at this point, bro, I can't watch a view. I don't like what he's doing. I, he needs to get fired. It, it, it's to the point where the minor league baseball season has started today at the time of this recording, and I was more excited about the minor league season than watching the Tigers game tonight. That's tough. That's tough, man. And this is why I don't put myself through that. I, 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 I get, I'm in enough heartache dealing with these lines. So when it comes to baseball, I just I just choose a winning team. I'm spending more money towards minor league baseball right now than the actual big league club. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. What, what, what year rebuild is this? Year five rebuild? Real, I was like, I'm like, year oh, six? I said by year three or I said by year four, year five, I'm not going to have to buy these minor league passes. All the talent's going to be in the big leagues, right? I think no, we're in year no. six or year seven of the rebuild. Year and six. they're not even close to even compete. Like, you, this is where like you should like be somewhat close. They're not even close. That's tough. Man, All right, tough. let's let's talk about some positive stuff. I ain't trying to talk about <laughs> sorry ass tigers right now and 
I mean, at least it's Toledo Mudhens won today. My one of my minor league teams won, so there's that. Yes, <laughs> there you go. There's some one, positivity. One and zero. All right, we're here to do a draft recap now, and this is a much anticipated episode. Obviously, starting all the way in December, talking about the NFL draft, talking about all these prospects. It's here to break down of the prospects that we actually know were on this team. It's exciting, and you know we're gonna go pick by pick. But I mean. I think the energy around the city of Detroit and just the fans of Detroit, of the Lions, I, like, I think everyone is almost on the same page right now. And it feels good. It feels like everybody's in a positive mood right now. Everyone sees, you know, the future and, and sees what this team could be down the line. And that's exciting because when's the last time you could say, man... Let's look at these lines. These lines can make a move right now. I mean, last time I could think about it where the fan the fan base was this excited. I mean, it ended up being a pure tragedy. But it was 2018 <laughs> when they hired Matt Patricia. I mean, right. this is – I mean, I don't remember the last time. Being a Lions fan, I've never seen them tear it down completely and rebuild this way. So it's very exciting. Um, it seems like your front office or our front office, I should say – has competency and they they look like they know how to build a football team and that's just fun it, it's just really fun right now and i'm ready to get into it because i've talked about him all pre-draft process my second overall prospect in this whole entire draft fell to our laps he fell to our laps at pick number seven i've been saying his name wrong this whole time and i don't even care Penai's tool is a Detroit. Penay, 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 whatever penny whatever the <laughs> hell you want to call him man <laughs> he's a detroit lion and if you told me this a week ago, I wouldn't believe you. You told me this four days ago, I wouldn't believe you. You told me pick six when the Miami Dolphins were picking, I wouldn't believe you. He's here. He's actually a Detroit Lion right now. And I'm just going to kick it off to my co-host right now because I'm excited. And I'll get into that, you know, when it's my turn. But Malcolm, Penay, Penai, Penny, Sewell, whatever you want to call him. He's a, he's a Detroit Lion. What's your thoughts? My thoughts is the same thing that Kevin Garnett said when he won the championship. Anything is possible. Anything is possible! (laughs) 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 Woo, man. Yeah, man. I'm hyped, bro. I I, I told you, man. The way the draft falls, I I knew that there was a chance. I knew there was a chance that Domino's could fall a certain way and he can land right into our laps. There were certain mock drafts that I actually did prior that I had him fall right to our laps. So I knew there was a chance of it happening. And it all came to that Cincinnati pick. And I knew Cincinnati was going to fall in love with Chase because Burrow and Chase have chemistry together. They need a receiver. And I knew Burrow was going to advocate for a his buddy receiver more than an offensive lineman. So I, I knew that they were going to go that route. So when they, when they pick with Chase, I mean, it just seemed everything was going to happen. So I, I'm just I'm hyped that we got a, a staple on our offensive line. Now we might have a top five offensive line. And I think that's going to do wonders for the entire offense. And this is one of those pieces that I say all the time, that one put one position that makes multiple people better. It makes the running back better. It makes the golf better. It makes the receivers better. It makes multiple positions better. That's why if you're not really big in football, you're like, oh, you dropped a lineman. That's not a sexy pick. You gotta understand what's going on. You know that position, that one, one, one position makes a multiple position. upgrades the whole offense. So, 
this is one of those picks that I was actually in love with, man. I'm, 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 I'm just hyped, man. I'm, I'm hyped, man. Let's go, man. Let's when, when go. They, when they say it's not a sexy pick, I've never understood that metaphor or that reference because what's not sexy about a big man throwing people down to the ground and getting the run game well, going? I mean, I mean what rough, is not man. sexy about it? Like the thing is, like he's not a receiver getting yards. He's not a quarterback yeah. chucking oh. like, a bomb down the field. He's not a running back breaking. T- that's what he mean by like, not a. He's, sexy he's, he's the one who's. He's the one who's protecting that so those plays could happen. I know, I know, I know. Exactly. But that's when you say, like, when you take Lyman, that's that's not a sexy pick. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. Me and Malcolm is talking about this. Like, we text about it. Tyler, you all, we all text with you. But, like, how you're supposed to build from the inside out, not from the outside in. The previous regime built from the outside in. Yes. And this regime gets it, right? They know how to build. You start you start from up front. You, you win football games in the trenches. I know it's a cliche, but it's true. You look at the top teams. This year, other than Mahomes, obviously his O line was banged up. Those teams had a top O line: the yeah. Packers, um, the, Bucks. the the Bucks, right? The Bills. All of those teams were good up front. I mean, Detroit. Look, yeah. Oh, go ahead. What are you saying? Oh, I was just, just look at the trend in the NFL. Who's won the the last couple Super Bowls? Tampa Bay, very good offensive line. Right. Twenty nineteen, the Chiefs' offensive line, you know, not the best, but okay, take them out. Twenty eighteen, uh, who was it? The Patriots. Good Yo. offensive line. 2017, oh. the Philadelphia Eagles had, I think, what, two or three Pro Bowlers? Or two or three all good. pros on that offensive line? Really good offensive yeah. line. And if you yeah. think about the Lions O-line, bro, you got Decker, you got Jonah Jackson, who's like a rising player. Um, you got Frank Ragnow, an all-pro who's going to get paid. Right guard, you don't really have nothing there in the future yet. Maybe Stenberg, maybe Big V, we don't know. But right tackle, you have Sewell. You have four really good to like all pro caliber, not all of them, but you have four really good offensive linemen, bro. Like you have a top five O line on paper right now. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we right might now, have three all pro players on the offensive line. I was just gonna say Frank Ragnow, arguably the best center in all of football. Penai Sewell or Penay Sewell, whatever. Uh, I, generational talent. And I told you guys, this is a difference maker. Like I loved Rashawn Slater, and I've made a case for Rashawn Slater on our podcast. And in most class, Rashawn Slater is a number one offensive lineman. He's a very good offensive lineman. I liked Rashawn Slater a lot, and I thought the Chargers got still at 13. But Panay Sewell, complete difference maker in all aspects of football, in all aspects on the offensive line, and this is a true difference maker. And that's why I have always personally put Sewell over Slater, and I love Slater. It's just that you can't pass up on a type of guy like this and especially when it comes to your lap at seven. I'm telling you, if there was no quarterbacks or if there was a one or two good quarterbacks in this class, he's the number two, number three pick in most ca- in most circumstances. If this was last year, the Lions would take him at pick three. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, assuming Bob Quinn is competent enough to take him, right? Um, and most classes, is a top three pick, and you got him in your laps without any trades at seven. And he's the best offensive lineman I've ever seen coming out. So, Tyler, well, oh, okay, so I was going to tell you, because a lot of people had some linemen from last year rated higher on their board. No, I like, like him better. Because last year's class was really yeah. good, too. This yeah, year's no, class was, I mean, the top was good, but. Yeah. No, I mean, this was a good offensive line class, but, I mean, yeah. last year's class, yeah, you had four guys within the top 15. You had Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, Dredrick Wills, Mackay Becton, and those are all very fun prospects. And Tristan Wirfs was my personal offensive lineman number one in that class. And Panay Sewell. And I think you can make the argument that Rashawn Slater are both above Warps. I think Slater and Warps, wow. you can you know, make an argument. But I think Penay Sewell is the number one offensive lineman I've ever seen come out, personally, from doing this. That's fair. Um, I want to say this about Sewell. A lot of guys are like, well, he played left tackle. He didn't play right tackle in college. 
But he did. I didn't know this. They said this on draft night. He played right tackle in high school, and he also was training at right tackle. This kid, I mean, he's like, I don't want to, like, give him high speed, but to me, he kind of reminds me of Quentin Nelson, but at right tackle. This guy, literally most people, oh he throws him to the God. floor. <laughs> he's athletic. I saw he had an 8-9-8 eight, eight rasp, right? He's really athletic. There aren't that much weakness to a game. There are some things he has to clean up, but there isn't really like you look at this guy like, oh, there's a weakness to his game. He just has some small things to clean up. And with the right coaching, Hank Fraley, those mm-hmm. things could get cleaned up pretty Who fast. did scout him? Who did recruit him? He recruited him at UCLA up. So yep. I would have taken a quarterback personally, but the Lions obviously weren't as high on fields. And I get that. And I said that they're not high on fields. You take the next best player, which was Sewell. So. I love the pick, obviously, right? And they did come out and say Trey Lance was was a guy they would have considered at seven if he was on the board. I like the honesty from Brad Holmes. The other regime was like so secret about everything, right? Yeah. This guy actually tells you what he tried to do. He even said he tried to trade off for him twice. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like the previous regime would have been like, this was our guy or whatever. Like they would, <laughs> it's all secretive. This guy's actually open to the fans. Transparent. Yep. Yeah, I love that. I really love that. Like, you don't even keep that a secret at all. Something already happened. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, like I said, number two prospect in this whole entire class, not counting quarterbacks, just number two prospect in the whole entire class. That's me personally, which, I mean, what does my opinion matter? It doesn't really matter in the NFL. But I'm just saying, that's why I love this pick so much. And, you know, people having the concern of him not playing right tackle, I mean, I don't care, dude. The dude's a football player. You make it work. He's that good of a player. He's going to work out. You can put him in guard tackle fuck you could play him as center i think he would work somehow yeah. isn't he like 20 years old too he's 20 he's, he's literally one year older than me he was born so in when, so like in a few years when decker like gets old you still have sewell you could potentially move sewell from the right side to the left side like sewell is that type of player he could play left tackle and he could play right tackle and there's also they did say during the draft he could play guard if you want to play guard but yeah you could play that play anywhere. and i wouldn't even sleep on it obviously it's not consistent but a trick play here or there. This guy got hands. He has hands. He, he'll catch a ball for you. Yeah. And the way he moves for a 300-pound guy is just not normal. Like, this guy, just the way he moves, it's crazy. He's super athletic. So, we say we might see a, a, a Penesu touchdown in Week 17? Yeah. When he wears number 69, you're going to hear on the big board at Ford Field, number 69 on the Detroit Lions is eligible. Number 69 <laughs> Detroit Lions is eligible. Tyler, are you we going to see, buy a jersey? See. If you were 69, I'm immediately buying it. <laughs> so is it wearing any other number you won't buy it? No, no. If you were in 69, I'll immediately. I'll, I'll consider it. But if it's 69, I'm immediately buying it the day it releases. <laughs> okay, okay. We have some kids that listen to this podcast. <laughs> don't, look, don't look that up. <laughs> Just know it'll look badass if he wears the number. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Oh. All right. Let's go to our next pick. Penny Suo. A plus plus plus. I know we're not grading, but A plus 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 for Penay. So we'll do an overall grade at the end. But I had to throw that off there. They, yeah, they nailed it. That was a complete. They nailed it. I love Brad Holmes' reaction. Like he was going wild. Like you love to see I, it. You love that energy. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I was crying. I was I think crying. The, I think the last time they on, I felt like this confident that they nailed the first round pick. I have to go back to 2010 when they drafted New Domkinsu. Yeah, I, I, I don't have anything comparable to it, honestly, because, you know, comparing it to my time, it was Lakeland Tomlinson, Taylor Decker, uh, Jared Davis, um, Frank Ragnow, TJ Hawk, and Jeff Akuda. So, like, 
some of those players are really good, obviously, but yeah, I've, never good. Had a re- I've never had a reaction immediately, instantly, like I've yeah. had for this with the Penne Soul. So I agree. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure you haven't felt like like I know you that you know they picked them, but you didn't feel like they nailed it. Like, like they did just oh, now. those guys, yeah. I mean, like, I like Taylor Decker coming out, but, but like, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I didn't have the same reaction. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But let's go to pick 41 now. No trades, which a lot of people were expecting some trades at the Lions if that was either trading up, trading back. The Lions stay put here at 41, and they get a phenomenal prospect here as well. They go defensive tackle from Washington, Levi Unzerike. This is another fun one right here, guys. I mean, I only saw him live one day. He was down in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, and he only practiced on the Tuesday. So there's obviously Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practice, and then the game is on Saturday. So he practiced on on Tuesday. And then I believe had a soft tissue injury, if I'm not mistaken. So something cautioned, they just set him out. Smart move probably on his end, just to not, you know, play through right. it. But um, the one day he was there, and, you know, that was my introducing to Alabama. Uh, I'm like, okay, let's watch this guy. I'm, I'm all, I love the drills. Offensive lineman versus defensive lineman. You know, I love my, my trenches. So I, I, I always look forward to those battles, the one-on-one battles between those guys. Two guys that stuck out to me instantly. One of them's not a line, one of them is. One of them is Quinn Miners, who I've already talked enough about on this podcast. He's a Denver Bronco. But that's one guy who really stood out on those one-on-one drills. But the other guy was, on that Tuesday, was Levi Onzerike. And, you know, a guy, like I told you, who had a very outstanding, you know, week at the Senior Bowl, Quinn Miners. He beat him in a couple battles in there. He beat him in a couple battles on Tuesdays. And Levi got the edge on him. You know, Quinn took some on him, and they went back and forth. But overall, you put any other offensive lineman on Levi Onzerike, Levi won most of those battles down there. And the dude was an animal. 11 on 11s, Levi was an animal. Uh, he didn't play this year at Washington, but, you know, the year before in 2019, they lined up a little bit everywhere. And, you know, I thought they might have used him more wrong than right. You know, they put him in the nose tackle position a lot where I think this guy will thrive. If you put him in the three tech and just tell him to go get the quarterback. Go be a disruptor. That's Levi Onzerike's game. So, you know, people think this was a reach. I don't think it is that at all. I mean, you got a guy that's going to play in the trenches, a guy that's going to be on their – you know, he could be a three-down defensive tackle for you. He could be on the field most of the time for you. Line him up wherever you really want. I think he's, he was mainly will be a three-tech here. But, I mean, that's one position we've talked about for multiple years. The line is never addressing is the defensive line in general. And to see, which we'll get into, the lines go back-to-back on defensive linemen, that was exciting. Very, very exciting. Obviously, already addressed the offensive line. And then going back-to-back picks on that 
terrible defensive line. And now you look at this defensive line, it's like, guys, we just acquired Michael Brockers. We re-signed Romeo Quara. And we just drafted two defensive tackles within the top 75. I mean, you're trying to fix the, the trenches? That's the way to fix the trenches right there. So superly overexcited with the Levi Enrique pick because, like I said, we just always have lacked that one guy to get pressure on the interior. You know, as we're seeing quarterbacks make multiple reads. You know, where's the pressure? We got zero pressure on the interior. I mean, Nick, they counted on Nick Williams being that guy last year. Didn't work. Danny Shelton, he was never that guy ever in his career, and they counted him to be that guy. So, I mean, it's just always factors that the Lions have never put themselves in good position. And to see a new regime year one already make more impact within five years, or we'll also put three years with Matt Patricia, more impact in that position than anything Bob Quinn has put in three years. He's already put he's already <laughs> true. the position this offseason more alone. He's addressed the position this offseason more alone. That's insane to me. So yeah. another pick I love here as well. So what do you think, Pierre? This is like, you know, everyone has like their guys. He was one of my guys, and you guys knew that. I talked about him a lot. Um 6'3, almost 6'3, 6'2 and 7, 290 pounds. He ran a 488. We always talk about like we always talked about last year. Our defense is so damn slow. Our D line is slow. And what they do is our linebackers are slow. <laughs> what they do, bro, they go out and they draft an athletic, penetrating defensive tackle. Obviously, at Washington, he played nose tackle. Just the way Washington's scheme is, it's a weird scheme. But in the NFL, he's going to be a three-tech. He's going to rush the passer. He could play all three downs. He can stop the run. He could get after the quarterback. His potential is through the roof. Brad Holmes said he tried to trade up for him back to the first round. They had a first-round grade on him. They took him at 41. They thought they had a steal. Eight, seven, four, Rass. We talked about Rass. He's very athletic. So I was so hyped when they got him. I thought they were going to go safety for some reason, but like Levi, bro, he's there. Great pick. Great pick. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. And before that, before they made the pick, you know, I was actually aiming for, I actually wanted a receiver. Um, not thinking about the defensive line, but when they went defensive line, it, it just clicked. Everything makes sense the way they're doing it. They're definitely building from up front. Something I've been asking for for a very, 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 very long time. And this is how you win, man. Last year, we didn't get much pressure from the interior. And I think they, they sat back, they saw that, and they said, how can we fix this? Something that Pencilhead never did a day of his life. Never sat back and said, "Well, how? Well, this is an issue. How can we fix it?" He never, he, he never sat. The run, bro. That's why he, he, he never, he never sat back and think about it. I mean, that that was our issue. I mean, shit, he changed the shit up. You know, figure our weakness and make it better. You know, that was our weakness. The interior, the interior line, off defensive line. It, it, that was our weakness. And this is how you make it better, man. You go get one of the best interior pass rushers in this draft class, and that's how that's how you do it, man. So I love this pick and like Tyler said man he had a phenomenal a senior bowl senior bowl camp well so, uh and also Malcolm Michael Brockers last year alone had 10 QB hits the Lions interior D-line had nine QB hits yeah I mean just yeah. <laughs> like think how sad that yeah, is, bro. It, 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 it is sad it is sad and I'm hoping Michael Brockers kind of you know I'm not expecting the same Michael Brockers from LA because he was next to a guy who was yeah, oh, Let's just say a once-in-generation talent, you know. So yeah. I, I, I know Aaron Donald took most of the pressure off my, um, Michael Brocker, so I'm not expecting the same results. But if he could at least come in and do half of what he did in L.A., I'm happy. So that, that that's just, it is what it is, man. Yeah, fair enough, man. I mean, 
in a weaker defensive line class, you got a top two player in the class in my in my opinion. And they had him bring second, just like yeah. a defensive tackle. I mean, that, I mean, it wouldn't even be shocked if the Lions had him number one, honestly. It seems like they did because yeah. Ohm said they tried to trade off for him and Barmore was falling. Yeah, so. just based off based off need, man. I mean, he's a pass rusher. He's gonna bring yeah. that pressure from interior, so that's. That's great, man. I mean, shit. Why, why couldn't we do this years ago? That's what I'm yeah. asking. But we do it now. I'm happy, and this this staff actually gets it. So that's that's a that's a that's a plus. And another thing is too with this staff, Sewell and Anzuruki were both opt outs, and they actually like that didn't hold them back from drafting good players. That was another positive. I know some teams said they would shy away from that, but Detroit didn't, which was awesome. They got great players, so I'm excited about that. You know, I want to make it clear as well. You know, like. Yeah, the Lions went all trenches the first three picks, but we just talked about it. That's how you win football games. Football and, we, games yeah. and, and we're just talking about like the good teams in the NFL. I mean, just look at the impact the Colts had this year because this is a really good example. So the Colts Ooh. go out last year and they trade for DeForest Buckner, right? Makes the whole team around him. If you have a nice interior defensive lineman, it makes the whole defensive line's job so much easier for everybody. The other interior guy, um, and then your edge rushers on the outside, your linebackers, everyone benefits. And if you guys want a Lions example, if you guys have been a fan since 2018, mm-hmm. look when they brought in a Damon Snacks Harrison. Look at the impact he brought to the whole defense. I mean, it's just night and day. I mean, since that Damon Snacks Harrison move, the Lions have literally put no emphasis into the defensive line, it seems. They like. tried Mike yes, Daniels, man. too. He didn't work out, but yeah. I mean, that was a, I mean, all they were doing is trying to get these players that were on a decline to see if they could come in and try to get their game back. They use band aids. They didn't. They use band aids basically. Pretty much a band aid. And, and the thing with Mike Daniels is like, it wasn't a guy they traded for. It was a guy they got cut in July. And I mean, I was excited for the move, obviously, but like, there had to be a reason. There had to be a reason why Green Bay cut him, and like in mid July, right? Like right before the season. So yeah, it wasn't was it himself. Yeah, so I mean, it just is what it is. So it's like a a regime that put no you know effort into fixing the position, and like I mentioned, like they spent the first three picks on the trenches, and that's just very exciting. So with that being said, let's just get into this third pick. Um, Aleem McNeil, defensive tackle from NC State. This is, another, this is another fun pick, and you guys are oh, like defensive tackle two times in a row, really? And after getting Michael Brockers' offseason. Let me tell you about this. Uh, Ali McNeil is, him, a complete, is, is, is a complete opposite from a Levi Onzerike or a Michael Brockers. This is this a guy that he's going to disrupt the run. This is a guy that's going to you know help all your other like defense linemen, like I mentioned. This is the Damon Snacks Harrison effect you're hoping to have. I'm not saying it's going to be the same effect, but this is the effect you're hoping for in your defensive line. A I'm guy that's going to it's going to it's going to be a guy that eats up a lot of blocks. And it's going to open up a lot of one one on ones for your other edge rushers. Romeo Quara, he had ten sacks with no guy like that. <laughs> you had Trey Flowers. It's going to help him, you know, just be him. Obviously, getting more one on one looks. So we'll see how that is. Got Julian on the other side. Like I mentioned, we drafted on Zerike. That's going to help him a lot. It's going to help Brockers out. It's going to help the whole defensive line out. Having an athletic defensive tackle who's a disruptor in the run game. This is not a guy that's going to show up on your style. And it's not going, to, not going to be that one guy that's going to have 10 sacks in the year. That's just not him. He's a guy that's, you know, not a stat sheet stuffer. He's going to disrupt the game, but he's not going to blow up the stats. And that's what Snacks did. That's what, exactly what Snacks did for the Lions. And he's made a whole career out of it. And it made a huge impact on every team he was on when he was on his A game. So if you can get 75% of that or 80% of that, it's a huge W for Detroit. And 
that's the type of project that you were getting with Aline McNeil. So mm. it's a very exciting move. I mean, we talked about this when we first started the pod when we got snacks. That was one stat I always was so confident about and one stat I loved bringing up every time of how Detroit could stop the run game and just how much better the defense got in general when they got a guy that could disrupt and just disrupt a whole defensive or a whole offensive game plan, I should say. So that's what you're hoping to get with Aline McNeil. Obviously, we have no idea how he's going to transition to the NFL. He could be a complete bust. He could be a complete stud. We don't know. But the way his game translates, that's what they're expecting. I'm going to leave that up to Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, that they made the right move, and the scouting staff, that they made the right move. So, I mean, I'll never complain about a pick in the trenches. Never. So, I'm, I'm excited about Aline McNeil as well. Yeah, also with McNeil, he's a three-down player. He could also play on third down. He has athleticism. He could rush the passer. Um, he's 6'1", almost 6'2", 317 pounds. He ran a five, like a 540, 5 flat 40, which is amazing for that size. He's really athletic. Um, when you look at Aleem McNeil, his ceiling could be like a Javon Hargrave, right, with the Steelers. He's a nose tackle, but he disrupts the run, and he, he could also play all three downs. He could rush the passer. That's what Aleem McNeil's ceiling is. And a lot of people thought that was a steal. A lot of people haven't had him going like mid-second. Like in the 50s, he fell to 72, was it? 73? 72, yep. And also, a fun fact is the Eagles, the Eagles GM admitted it. They were at 70. They traded back three spots, got an extra six. McNeil was their guy. I don't know if you guys saw the video. You see the, Eagles. You see the video. <laughs> Lions Lie. took McNeil at 72, Eagles. 73. Lie. The Eagles took Milton Williams, who's, who's good, but not as good as McNeil. Um, two different players as well. Yeah. And the Eagles front office was just like they were the, livid. <laughs> one of the dude in there, like Howie Roseman, was trying to fist bump on their GM. He's like, "Bro, just got out of my face." He said, he, said, get, he said, "Get the hell out of my face right now." Yeah, he said, it, he said you were so confident he was going to be there when we traded back, and he's gone. Pick. I mean, yeah. when someone's your guy, you got to take him, bro. But that's the Eagles. That's I don't that's, care about the that's Eagles. Just, that, that's just playing Man. too. That's just playing too cute with that. Or Milton Williams, though, you know, like shit. If they don't want me. They drafted me. <laughs> Man. That's, just, that's just playing too cute. Yeah. Man. Yeah, this this is another pick that I really like, man. And, and also another fun fact is he actually played running back in high school. That, is, that true. is insane. Like when was the last time a defensive defensive tackle who's three hundred pounds played running back in high school? That that's just insane. That just shows his athleticism. Did you see his baseball uh, highlights? Baseball do play baseball. <laughs> He's a baseball player. Do the baseball player he played running back in high school. Dude was a all-around athlete, man. This guy, he could do it all, man. And I, I love the pick. I mean, this is again, man. You want to build a team, you build it for the from up front, and you make that front better. You always gotta build your front seven, man. Build your front four first. Then you know you work on your linebackers, but you build up that front four first, man. Because if you could generate pressure with just your front four, and you could drop the rest back in coverage, I'm telling you, you're gonna have a hell of a defense. You can have a hell of a defense. You could just if you could put pressure just for your front four. I mean, you, you, you're gonna be successful. So I, I love I loved what they did in this draft, and I love the pick. And then another thing to go with that, like I told you, he eats up blocks. If he did want to be creative and like send a linebacker up the middle and just let him go out and get the quarterback, it creates so much more opportunities because they're all worried about Aline McNeil. They want to eat him. You know, they're trying to eat him. But then you know, let's just say hypothetically. We'll get into this pick, too. Let's say, oh, let's throw Derek Barnes right up the middle. Let's have him go get the quarterback. Mm. You can go do that now because you got a disruptor 
you got like all these different type of players on defense, and it's just all these like tools that you know Aaron Glenn's gonna have a lot of fun with. You know, he's got all these you know nice like little gadget players he could mess around with on defense, and they're all different. Like Le- like Levi is a is a three tech. He's gonna be your penetrator. McNeil's gonna eat up the blocks. He's a disruptor. You know, we'll get into this fourth round pick, Derek Barnes. He could, you know, go up the middle if you need him. He can go back in coverage. You got the versatility. He's got speed. I mean, I don't want to spoil the Derek yeah, Barnes. That's that's on there, I know, but I'm just saying, it's like you got so many new toys to play with. Did I know Aaron Glenn's going to have a bunch of fun with? I'm just having a bunch of fun thinking about it in my head. I mean, mm-hmm. can you imagine Aaron Glenn actually on the field to play with these guys? Like, I mean, I know he can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I think, like, McNeil's going to start day one. I think Levi's going to rotate with Flowers and those guys. Because I, I believe the Lions are going to be moving Flowers inside in this scheme. Because they, they have Brockers. He's, he played edge with the Rams. And they have Romeo Quara. He's edge. And then Malcolm, you, you brought it up too. You thought Flowers was going to move inside as well. So, um, was it you or Tyler? I forgot. It, it probably was Tyler. I mean, I don't, I don't Tyler, know. It was Tyler, yeah. yeah it, it was Tyler. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I, I want to see it. I don't, I don't even know how exactly they're going to line everybody up. Yeah. The thing with Flowers, it's like I'm like iffy about it. I could see him playing the three tech, and I could see that maybe happening, maybe more on third downs. But I feel like his ability to stop the run on the edges are still like his best part of his game. And I just don't know if I want to take him take him away from that. And going against guards and going against tackles are a completely different ball game as well. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what Aaron Glenn then mm-hmm. you know ends up you know playing around with. But he's got the tools. He's got the versatility with a lot of these guys. So. I'll let those guys, you know, come up with the game plan and see what yeah. they do with all their guys. So I think these first three picks are especially Sewell, but obviously even Levi and McNeil, they're gonna play a lot. Like even if they don't start the defensive tackles, they're gonna they're gonna play a lot. Yeah, and the guy I already spoiled a lot for you guys in the fourth round, I think he's gonna play a lot as well. So All right, now we're gonna talk about is it if Ifatu Malafanwu. Whoa, you, you got go. his name down. <laughs> Ifantu Malafon, uh, Yep, that you said his name called him Iffy, so it looks like his nickname is Iffy, if you guys want to call him Iffy. I don't his, know. Uh, his brother is in the league. I believe he's a free right now. He was drafted in 2017, Obi Malafon His brother is really bad, too. Yeah, his brother isn't bad now. But <laughs> So, uh, you know, the thing with you're again with Ifantu Malafon what are we calling him, Iffy? Iffy, I'm not, Iffy. I'm not, I was, I'm not saying this no, at this the time. Is, you never say his name all the time. That's what Brad Holmes calls him. Calls him an espresso. So I mean, this is a guy where it's more of a project, obviously. So you know, you got, I think your outside corners established already. I think you got three guys that, you know, you're counting on to be on the outside. So you got Akuda, a, a Warrior, and then you got Quinn Dunbar. Obviously, Dunbar is there to pressure guys like Akuda and a Warrior to give him some competition in camp and see if they can take one of those outside spots. I don't think Melifonwu, which he'll get the opportunity to, but I don't think he's going to get a true opportunity to be the starter. I think they know his role, and that's going to be that developmental guy behind these veterans and let him see the game a little bit more, kind of like what they did with a Warrior a little bit, but maybe a little bit more upside, potentially. So, you know, he's a 6'2", press corner. He has the versatility to you know, be a very good zone corner as well. I think he has the versatility to even play safety if they want to do that, but I feel like he's more of a corner. So, like I said, I think this is a guy that probably doesn't have much of an impact year one for the Lions. Kind of not like the same impact like we've been mentioning with Sewell, uh, Uzurike, and uh, McNeil. I think this is a, a more of a guy that he could even be a healthy scratch in games. It would even shock me if, you know, just depending on if everyone's healthy on the outside, you know, maybe it's not a guy you play right away. But this is a guy that obviously has a lot of high upside, and that's why they took him at 101. This is a guy that they plan to probably star in the future. And... You know, as of right now, he could just sit back and learn the game, and that's completely fine because you have the options and depth right now to get away with the corners you have right now. So, you know, 
as a project, you got three guys who are already going to immediately impact immediately impact the team. It was okay to take one of these developmental guys who you you think has a lot of high upside. And that's completely fine. So, you know, as far as majority being instant impacts, you got that for the m- most part. So it was okay for Brad Holmes to use a pick on a guy he he was high on and to see what the future holds with them. So, you know, maybe not the sexy pick, maybe not a guy that makes a huge impact in 2021 or at least early on in 2021. I mean, it is what it is. It's just maybe a guy that has higher upside than they believe what they have in the front or what they have on this defense and at that cornerback position. So it was a position they obviously need to address. I didn't think it was necessarily going to be an outside corner because obviously the nickel spot's up for grabs right now. But it's a guy they're high on, so I have, you know, I, I can't be mad at the pick, right? Yeah, so um, I was reading something once they picked him up. And NFL Network projected him as a round two pick, like Lance Zierlein, Jano Jeremiah, those guys. They had him as a round two. I believe even Dane Bierkler had him as a round two or early three. So getting the value, even uh, Brad Holmes said the value like stuck out to him. That's why they picked him. He was the best player on their board. And Holmes also said he could see him playing outside CB, nickel corner with like against bigger wide receivers. He could also see him playing some safety as well. Obviously, you don't have to rush him there, but I think he's in the competition for the start. I really do. Um, with Okuda, Amani, Dunbar, and Mike him. Ford. Mike, Mike, I don't think Mike Ford is a starter, but um, I think he's right in that competition this uh, this summer. We'll see what happens in training camp. He's not necessarily like ready to play right away, but if he could catch up and work on his development during training camp, he improves every day. He has a chance to start, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, obviously we always talk about the cornerback position being a tough adjustment going from the college to the pros. Absolutely. One of the toughest adjustments. And like I said, I mean, the Lions are in a position where they don't have to rush this guy. This doesn't have to be a day one starter. And I don't think he will be. He's going to have his struggles. I mean, definitely coming to the summer camp, just like Amani. Like, Everyone has their struggles. Yeah, you know, like Amani when he came in in 2019 and camp, like he either looked like an all pro one day or he looked like, who the hell is this guy, and why is he wearing number 46 at the cornerback spot? I mean, that, those were days when we saw Damani at Warrior at camp. Right. And you're probably going to get those, you know, those rookie struggles with Melifonwu as well. So, um, overall, I mean, like like you said, Brad Holmes, is, if it's the top guy on his board, he already got three already instant impact players who are going to impact the team right away. It's okay when you have two third-round picks to use one of those guys on a developmental guy, especially a late third-round pick. It was pick 101. So I have no problems with it. I mean, if they think he has high upside and he could be a future starter, okay, we'll see. I mean, I think he'll see some snaps for sure. I think he'll see some snaps this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll see. I, I wouldn't yeah. be shocked either way. Also, bro, Akuda, Amani, and uh, Mel- Melufanu, they're all Nigerian. Yeah, I saw that. It was uh, Akuda. He was very hyped that they – I think Levi is as well. But I know you're talking about the cornerback. Levi is and so <laughs> is um, – uh, Romeo Clara and Julian Clara. We have like the Nigerian, all yeah. Nigerian team. Yeah, it was a cool because our defense is very Nigerian right now. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love uh, it. It was funny because Carrion said, "Man, I can't even say half of our defense's <laughs> names." <laughs> yeah, Carrion said he's a he's he's a character, man. I, I need to get we need to get this this guy on this this podcast. I think it will be a very hilarious episode. Remember we tried? Too. He's like hypothetically speaking, you have to ask. I, I think yeah, the staff, the, the, the PR. Hilarious. Hey, yeah. it, is, it is it is a new regime though. Yeah, yeah I think I mean, this regime will allow it. <laughs> yeah, I mean we got to get him on, but yeah, I mean Ify or Ifanu Malatunu, Malafanu, Malafanu. I only think with this pick, 
this is the one that kind of caught me from surprise because I didn't think they're going to go corner this high, especially outside corner. But the only thing I have to disagree as far as him and Akuda, I think Akuda is a different situation between Akuda and him because this guy, 101, Akuda, three, number three overall. I think I think the old regime, even if Okuda wasn't ready, I think they were pressured to get him on the field because he was their third overall pick and they had to get him on the field. Um, this guy, totally different, totally different ball game. Uh, he was picked one on one. They look like they have their corners in. Period. You're absolutely right. They're definitely going to compete, and I think they're gonna let him compete. I don't think he necessarily gonna yeah. get the job. And if he doesn't get the job, it's it's it's, it's all right, man. Because he's a he is like my good friend. Um, um, Jordan Reed would say he is a crock pot player. Definitely. <laughs> so you can just put him in a crock pot and just let him just let him ride, man. Let him learn the game. And eventually he can be, you know, I think eventually he may take somebody's job. I don't know whose job he's going to take, but eventually he may be the guy to take somebody's job. You could, uh, to be third overall, to be in third round, I think that's pretty high for a death piece. You, yeah. you must have, they must have some type of future for him. Well, or, they see a role, or they see a role for him. So I'm not sure if it's safety. Yeah. I don't know if it's corner, but they see a role for this guy somewhere eventually down the line. May not be next year. But they see a role for this guy somewhere, so Definitely. we gotta see. We gotta see what they're gonna do, man. Yeah, I wasn't thrilled about the pick because again, I, I didn't think they needed to go corner. Uh, I, I definitely wanted a receiver at that point, but I understand it, so I, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm okay with it, and man, trust the process, man. I'm good with it. Let's go. Yeah, and another thing too, he's really athletic. A nine seven ras. This guy yeah. is like an athletic freak. Four four. He ran to a four four eight. Six two two oh five, yeah, like a high four four. Yeah, that's still that's four, pretty four, damn four, good four, for his size. That's really good. Really good, man. With that side and speed, he's a guy that can play man, can play zone. I mean, he's a good tackler too. He's a he's a really good, good tackler. Good, good tackler. That's what I'm saying. It might be safety. I mean, who knows? But whatever it is, I'm down with it. Yeah. yeah, well, it's gonna be interesting to keep up with this guy's career. I think he uh, obviously has upside, and that's why they took him. So, you know, that's about around the area. I feel like, especially having two third round picks, where it's okay to take a developmental guy, especially where you're in the lines position, where you don't need every guy to be an instant impact, and you already got three instant impact players. It's okay to take a developmental guy that you think that has higher upside. You know, rather than a guy that you could draft at one on one, have instant impact, but maybe he doesn't have the same upside. So that's okay to do that. So, like an example, I'll throw out there for you. Um, trying to think of one, like maybe on the offensive line. Like there are some guys sometimes where they could be a day one starter, but their upside is not as high. Or you could take, uh, you know, Jonah Jackson pro- for example, right? Yeah, like, he doesn't exactly. have the highest ceiling, like the highest ceiling, but he's a good player. Exactly, that's actually a very good example. Like you can get a guy like Jonah Jackson who's just going to come in day one, be a good starter for you, but he'll never probably be a superstar. Or you could roll the dice on, can't even think of anyone on top, say Quinn Miners, just say hypothetically. Um, you could roll the dice on a guy like that who maybe takes a couple weeks or even a year to sit back and, you know, take the game, but has the higher upside. So that's, you know, what the Lions did with this pick. They went more upside than rather instant impact, which is completely fine. Yeah. And like I said, this guy was rated like on a lot of media boards, like in the second round. So a lot of people viewed it as a steal. Was yeah. it a reach? I'm good. I don't think it was. I don't think it was a reach. I no, think it was great wasn't, value. No, no, great value it wasn't a reach at all. Yeah, yeah. None of these like, picks were reaches. I say it doesn't seem like any of these picks were reaches at all. Honestly, no, none, none. That's why. That's why it's good, man. Yep. All right. 
we had two fourth round picks, and we're going to talk about the second fourth round pick because the Lions actually traded up for it. But we'll get more into that. But I want to talk about this first second round pick that they actually had scheduled. Go wide receiver, Amon Ross, Sam Brown. So he's actually the brother of how the hell he says Equinemius. Equinemius, Ross, Sam Brown, whatever. He is Sam Brown, the Packers receiver. He was that's his, that's his uh, younger brother that we got, and Amon Ross, Sam Brown. So, um, I mean. Damon Raw, I mean, he, he's a fun prospect. You know, a guy that has the versatility to play both the outside, play in the slot as well. Played mainly out of the slot. USC was actually alongside of Michael Pittman in 2019 when Michael Pittman was there. He was a number two receiver with him. So, yeah. um, you know, Damon Raza, he's a fun receiver. He wasn't necessarily my favorite receiver on the board at that in that moment. I feel like there was better options. Um, but, I mean, I see where the intrigues with him. I mean, obviously, a guy, like I mentioned, that has the versatility to play the slot outside. And, you know, you look at this Lions uh, wide receiver room, there's not really much guys in the room that has, you know, long-term stability. I mean, the only guy that has, you know, is under contract more than outside of 2021 is Quintess Cephas, and he could very easily be gone before that as well. I mean, there's no long-term right. commitment. He's not a Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell guy. I mean, he's going to have to prove everything, so... Uh, I mean, overall, I understand the move, and I know people were furious that they waited all the way to the fourth round for a receiver. But you gotta, you gotta, you know, take for granted that like they're trying to build this the right way. They're not just trying to take guys that they need for this year. They're trying to do this that they're gonna need guys for the next five to ten years, and they're gonna help win, build a winning program. And they believe it's from the trenches, and I 100% agree with that philosophy. You always build from the trenches, and then. You can always grab a receiver down the line. Just look at like the Lions receivers. I mean, outside of Kenny Galladay and Kelvin Johnson, all these guys were free agent pickups. Golden Tate, you guys all love Golden Tate, right? We didn't draft Golden Tate. We picked him up in free agency. You guys all love Marvin Jones? We didn't draft Marvin Jones. We picked him up in free agency. It's so much easier to go out and sign a receiver or draft a receiver than an offensive lineman or any trench players. That's just me personally. Yeah, because normally good offensive linemen and good defensive linemen don't really hit the open market. They don't go very rare. Yeah, and, and very when, rare. And like when you get like the solid guy, they get the same amount of bag as a receiver. So yeah, it's it, so teams are investing more into a mediocre offensive lineman for agency, where you can get hypothetically a very good receiver in in offseason. You're investing the same amount of money, where in the draft, you rather invest your more like your more important draft capital into offensive linemen and trench players rather than a receiver in my opinion because like i mentioned there's always receivers there's always receivers i mean mm-hmm. i was just looking like down the line in 2022 just some free agents and obviously there's going to be contract extensions it's a good class it's a good free agency class for wide receivers next year so if they want to pay the back to somebody it's way easier to address that position than a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman so that's why i think brad holmes went the route of getting all these trench guys is Rather than taking, you know, the sexy wide receiver, it's just that's how you do it, man. Especially when you're in the state of the lines right now, where you could use all these guys as well. So uh, they wait to the fourth round to get Amon Ross and Brown. Solid pick for me. I don't love the pick, but I don't hate the pick as well. Very versatile. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be uh, another instant impact for this team just with the room. So you know, I'm excited to see what his upside is there. So um, Peter, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, so I'm just going to read my notes on him. I have he's a good route runner. He finds the soft spots in zone. Like, he's smart with that. And believe it or not, like, he goes up and gets a 50-50 ball. He's not that big, but he plays big, right? He has a, he has a 38.5 vertical, and he had a 10-7 broad jump. I mean, that's pretty good for his size. That's actually really good. So what else do I have? And he's also a great blocker. 
Brad Holmes said that he's like, when he looks at a receiver, he doesn't really look at their blocking. But he said this guy was probably the best blocker in the draft. And the Lions, what do they want to do? They want to run the ball. So this is another like positive. To me, like I compare him to Golden Tay, but Golden Tay is obviously a little faster. But uh, who was it? I saw, um, I forgot which analyst it was, but they compared him to Cooper Cup. And you could see why they like him, right? Brad Holmes, they drafted Cooper Cup down there. Cooper Cup is not the fastest guy, not the biggest guy, but he gets the job done. Yeah, and that's what Jared Goff works best and with too. It's like Jared those slot Goff receivers works best with those slot guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. slot so, receivers and tight ends. It's a great fit for the offense. I like the pick, bro. And I honestly, I didn't think he'd be here in the fourth round again. Great value once again. So, that's awesome value. Yeah, I was also looking back, just like when Cooper Cup got drafted, because like you mentioned like. Jared Goff derives in that slot, and I believe Cooper Cup was a late third round pick, or maybe even early fourth round pick as well. So, just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm. Yeah, I mean, I- I'm actually mad at myself that I never talked about this guy. He's a guy. He's a perfect fit for this for this team. You know, great, great in the slot. I mean, if you look at his numbers last year, in only six games, he has seven touchdowns. So he looked like he was definitely trending in the right direction going upwards. Um, last year, but not last year, but the year before that, um, he had six touchdowns. So he was going to probably double or triple his, his touchdown mark if they played the full season because they only played six games. But he's, he, he's a good he's a good route runner, man, and that's a guy you kind of need in the slot. And just like you said, man, Cooper Cup, that's that's a name that kind of I compare him to. That's a guy who I compare him to because he looked like he could be that guy just like Cooper Cup. So. Yeah, great, great value. Um, in that, in that, for that, that pick, uh, and I like it. Yeah, schematically it makes a lot of sense. I personally, this is me personally. Like I said, my opinion doesn't mean jack shit right now. But my opinion, I personally would take Tylen Wallace in position because I think he could do a lot of what Amon Sam, Amon Ross Sam Brown could do as well. I just yeah. think his upside's a little bit better. That's me personally. Which, you know, I'm gonna let Brad Holmes and his scouting department get the final say before they let me get the final say. And, um, you know, he made that pick just to get the, the fans off his ass. If you guys remember, if you heard Brett Holmes say that. <laughs> yeah, he was joking about that. That was hilarious, though. Like, see, he jokes like Bob Quinn would never say something like that, bro. No. He'll just draft Jelani Tavai over over and over again. And Tease Tabor. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to bring up Tease. <laughs> we don't have to bring up Tease. I mean, you're not wrong. We don't have to go there. But you don't have to bring, you don't yeah, have to bring it up. Yeah, you don't bring it up. I mean, that was, that was, that was decades ago, man. That was uncalled for. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't pass tees, man. This guy's still in our roster, goddammit. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this next fourth-round pick, which was a back-to-back fourth-round pick. And, you know, the Lions, I guess, saw this opportunity. They called the Cleveland Browns, who were picking right after the Amon Ross and Brown. And the Lions said, no, we're not done. We want to pick again right now because this guy's not going to be here with our fifth-round pick. So, we're going to trade a 2022 fourth-round pick, which I will say a lot of analysts and media people are, and scouts are saying, as far as, you know, like Rapport reporting news, saying that 2022 picks are considered very valuable, are considered very valuable just because there's going to be more film on these guys, obviously, with this being a weird year with COVID. There's going to be more expected film next year on a lot of these guys, and there's going to be more games played by most of these guys. So prospects are going to be considered more hot and next year's class and this year's class. So Brad Holmes with the million picks he has and next year, he goes, you know what? I'm going to trade a next year fourth down pick and I'm going to pick right now. Eamon Ross and Brown is fine, but I want another pick and I want to get another defensive player. So he goes here, I believe it's pick 113, and he selects linebacker Derek Barnes from Purdue. 
And what you're getting with Derek Barnes is something the Lions just straight up don't have on this defense. That's an off-ball linebacker who, I, I mean, they might have this in Jalen Reese maybe and just never got the opportunity. We'll see. They resigned him, so we'll see that opportunity. But they don't have this guy where they can line up in multiple different positions and just use him wherever the hell they want. You want to put Derek Barnes in the middle, he could play the middle. You want to put him on the outside, he could play the outside. You want to put him with the jack, he could play the jack. He could play anywhere on this defense for you, and you could use him in multiple roles. And this is where it comes fun, and this is where Derek Barnes could thrive. Because do you remember in 2018? I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna keep bringing up on snacks. Snacks, he, we bring him in. You know who had a, a great year in 2018? Jared Davis. Jared Davis had a penetr or a, a guy that disrupts these offensive guards and has the opportunity just to shoot up the a gap and finish the sack, or finish up a tackle, or even just disrupt the quarterback. You're getting a lot of that with Derek Barnes, a guy that you can move around. He can cover. He can tackle. He's athletic. I mean, he ran a what four five five for his size. Four five five. Four four, five eight. Oh, four five. Like four five. That's That's whatever. (laughs) Really good for linebackers. For a linebacker, and that's a guy that you could use in multiple positions. So this is a ton of fun right here. You know, it hurt a little bit. I don't know the medical histories. I told you I don't grade off medical histories. It, it hurt a lot, honestly, passing up on Jabril Cox because he was right there for the taking. He was right there for the taking, and obviously the Lions passed on him four times. So well, the, the medicals with Cox, like they were saying, he's only he's he's only a two down linebacker. So that's probably why he fell. Maybe he had some medical issues. I don't know. I just, I just disagree I mean, with that. You go, you go with the versatility with Barnes, bro. Yeah, you do. You did get more versatility with Barnes. Um, so it did hurt passing on Jabril Cox, but. I mean, they got a fun player right here and a guy that they can use in multiple different roles. And obviously, versatility is always key. So if you get an injury, you could have a guy like Barnes just to step in whenever. So overall, I mean, the Lions linebacking corps suck right now. It's terrible. I mean, I mean, they have Jamie Collins. They have Jalen Rees-Maven. They have now Derek Barnes. Alex Anzalone. Yeah, Anzalone. They signed him. And then right now they got Jelani Tavai. And then... I can't even think of the guy. The, Sean Dion Hamilton. Yeah, the guy they got in January. I couldn't even think of his, his name from the football team. So, um, yeah. So, <laughs> the, the linebacking room was lacking big time. So, they ended up addressing that position at 113. So, again, another fun pick. Another pick that's going to be an immediate impact, I, I think, for sure. Especially with this linebacking corp. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Derek Barnes could do with this team. So, what do you thought? What's your thoughts on this, Pierre? This guy is actually also one of my guys, like Levi and Derek Barnes. I like Derek Barnes on uh, day three. I looked at him, targeted him. He's six feet, 238, 37-inch vertical for linebacker. That's really good. He ran a four five eight. like I said. Here's what you're getting out of Barnes. First, they played him at edge, and then they moved him to Mike. Once he was a Mike, he was an effective blitzer. He was a great tackler. Um, he could cover also. He's good in coverage. But in zone, not in man. They didn't play a lot of man in Purdue. They played a lot of zone. So he has to work on his man coverage. I think right now on this roster, he's linebacker three. And this is going to be like your replacement for Anzalone next year, right? So you you have him starting, and maybe they'll bring in another guy. I don't know. But this what is a sleep guy. on Jalen Ruzmaven? Just saying that right now. Yeah, but yeah, I like JRM too. But this is a guy who could also uh, play special teams as well. He's going to play on special teams. And this guy is probably going to be active every week, in my opinion. Um, it's a great value, round four. Once again, you're talking about a guy who's going to contribute in his rookie year. So it's great value. And I love the pick. Derek Barnes is one of my guys, like I said. So, 
Yeah, great pick, man. That's a, this is another one. And now I, I want to bring up something. The last time we drafted a linebacker that we said that was very versatile that could play the edge. Shut up. Shut up. Play stop, the mic. Stop, stop. And, and the <laughs> and the. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a lord trying to like shut up. <laughs> hold, 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 hold up. You said everybody. Not everybody said this. No, no, no. Everybody did say that. They said that this guy could play the edge, which we he played the edge sometimes. Didn't do well, but played the edge. He played the mic. Uh, you seen him at mic? It didn't do well either. Um, Garden but he played all around. Garden Minshew, like, <laughs> like he juked him and just. <laughs> Bro, Kyler Murray, Gardner Minshew. Kyler Murray is understandable. It's Kyler Murray, right? He's big. I mean, he's small. He's fast. He's like a little sneaky dude. But he just froze, man. You know? Like, dive. Do something. Like, I, I want him to dive. At least dive at his ankles or something. But he I just, was, he went to him and just froze. It's like, okay. What are we now, talking about? Just so the listeners make sure we know what we're talking about. Uh, your boy. Your boy just learned to vibe, man. Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, he was the annual oopsie doopsie of the year. But, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, Man. so that, this is the last time we did have that. But this guy is totally different from drawing to buy. Totally different. I mean, he has speed and he plays, you know, he's versatile. I, I, I like this guy a lot, man. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a starter, to be honest with you. Yeah. If he wins a starting job, I wouldn't be shocked. This guy can ball. This guy, he's a good linebacker and he runs a 4 5. What did, what did Davis run? A 4 6? Did Davis, Davis run a was. Davis, I forgot Davis. Davis was a little bigger, or not bigger. Davis was more athletic, I believe. I'm not sure. I'm not 100 sure. I could um, swear. I think. I think. I think Jared Davis ran a four six. I'll pull it up for you right now, Malcolm. Yeah, Give me a yeah, pull it up. yeah, go ahead, pull it up. I, I, I don't know why. I believe he ran a four six. So that means that means he's faster than than Jared Davis, which is Davis ran a four six two, but Davis was like more athletic as a player. Davis had a nine oh eight rest, and then um, or an eight nine nine rest. But uh, Barnes had an eight for two rest. But still, they're both really athletic. Yeah, both really athletic, man. Both really athletic. So I think this is like a Jared Davis replacement. Barnes can tackle though. Barnes like is a much better tackler than Dave. like. Thing with Barnes is when you watch him, he tackles a little high sometimes. Um, but that that could be fixed with like with coaching. Coaching, yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see his development in Detroit and see how he you know progress. He could be, like Pierre said, he could be a contributor. Uh, he could, you know, play special teams. He may just be a death piece. Or um, I wouldn't be shocked if he <laughs> becomes the best linebacker, linebacker we have on the damn roster. He's a good blitzer, bro. He's also a good blitzer. He's a good blitzer, exactly, man. So I'm just, I just can't wait to see how he plays, man. I wonder if he plays as fast as he did in college, man, in the pros. He played fast. Yeah. He'd be fun on tape. Like, he runs silent. So, like, when is the last time yeah. Lions had that? Davis, obviously, but Davis. Joanne Tavai. Stop. Davis, I, I, obviously, but he just wasn't a, as a good tackler as Barnes. I, I think another guy that's going to really push him in this competition on the spot is Jalen Reeves Maven. Because I think they have the same role for him right now. I think Maven has, has that same, like, role that they're imagining right now. That's me. That's what I think what they could do with Maven. Because I think Maven could have that role where you could play him everywhere, play him in the middle, play him on the outside, play him at the jack linebacker. You could line up Maven everywhere, in my opinion. I uh, think that's that's going to be the competition the, in the camp. Ideally, though, you don't want Maven and Barnes lining up at the deck because they're a little smaller. They're not as big. But yeah. you could do it like on a couple plays if you have to. Well, my, my thing is I, I'm interested to, see, interested to see how Maven plays like as far as how he gets off blocks. Well, yeah, can, he blitz, can he blitz the rusher? 
You know, that's what I haven't seen from Avon yet. That's well, probably we never could get be the opportunity. Exactly. You know, their preseason is a small sample, but I, maybe that's why they never started him. I don't know why they never started him or why they never gave him a chance on defense. Of but size. is he able to get off blocks? Can he can he shut up block and make a tackle? That's what I want to see from Avon. If he does all that, I'm down. Yeah, I know. I, I know Barnes. He's you know he's able to shut up blocks. You know he played defensive end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he was shutting blocks from from tackles. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. So, he played him at Jack. Uh, yeah. Then they moved him to Mike. So if if he's able to shut blocks from linemen, I mean, shoot. He you know he he may have the upper hand depending on who's able to shut blocks better and who's able to make tackles. So I, I, that's what I can't wait to see, man. You can't battles. It's gonna be interesting. I have to say yeah. that. I'm just telling you, man. This guy Maven, he he's always one of those outstanding guys in camp, and I'm I'm excited. I I really I'm actually legit like legitimately think that he's gonna have a role on this defense, and he's gonna get a fair opportunity to actually win the job. And I'm excited for yeah. that. Like he's never had this like I feel like true opportunity. It's like he deserves it, but just never got the opportunity. Yeah. And I feel like in this role where they could use him like anywhere at the linebacker, you could put him in the middle, you could play him outside, even at the jack, even if you wanted to. I think he has that opportunity this year to prove that. To he's, play he's been proving it. He's been proving it his whole career. It's not going to be a consistent guy. I feel like if it, I feel like he could show it though to do it if he needs to. I like his coverage. Um, Love his coverage. But Did I mean, I overall. Did I freeze? No. Okay. No, I, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, but overall, you know that's a battle. I think we're going to see in this off, or in this in the summer camp, you know, in training camp. I think between Barnes and Maven, I think Jamie's going to be your, your consistently middle linebacker most likely, and then you're probably have Anzalone on the other outside spot. That's probably what it's going to look like, assuming Jelani Tavai doesn't make the team. So <laughs> we'll see. Yo, I heard on Twitter. I mean, it wasn't like a analyst or nothing, but I did hear, and I forgot who I heard it from. That Delani Tavai lost weight and looks ripped. And I saw okay. That okay, that's I mean that's cool and all, but no, I still don't trust the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's, he's looking cut for his new mortgage job. Damn, Tyler. <laughs> or sorry, real estate. man. No, sorry, real estate. You can say bodybuilder or something like at least. No, I, don't know. I, I, like, no? I, I like the, the real the, estate. The, the Tavai and Tabor real estate company. Wow, so this is where we're gonna go now. So you're gonna talk about T Saber now? By two thousand T Saber's on the team right now. He's balling. By, by two thousand twenty three, both of them will be owning will be partners in a real estate office. <laughs> T Saber is on the Bears picking off fields right now as we speak. Picking Stop. them right off Stop. to the house. Pick six. Okay, okay, okay let's pick let's, seven uh, <laughs> <all right. laughs> for one. So with that being said, <laughs> With that being said, let's talk about this seventh-round pick, which took, if you guys watch this whole draft, this took six hours. It took six hours of the difference to make this pick. The third-to-last pick, which they call the last pick Mr. Relevant. He was two picks away from being Mr. Relevant. We go running back Jamar Jefferson from Oregon State. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I didn't watch a peep of film on Jamar Jefferson. Not a peep. Me neither. Yes, same. So I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't know what he offers to the table. <laughs> I read a lot on him. Um, I'll say this. NFL Network had him as a fifth-round grade, and they compared him to Jordan Howard. But he's not an athlete. He's just like a guy who runs north and south. Like he'll, he, gets, he gets those tough yards for you. That's what he is. That's what I read on him. I didn't watch him. I'm not going to lie. Um, basically, this is a guy they probably had ranked high on their like undrafted free agent list. 
because it's a guy you're guaranteed to get, right? When you mm-hmm. when you go after undrafted guys, you're not going to get all of them. You're going to have competitive offers from other teams as well. So this is a guy they identified they liked. And he has a chance to be RB4. He's going to compete with the other dude, Raheem Boyd. So, uh, from Arkansas. And He's an undrafted kid. Yeah. That's that's also if Detroit decides to to go for running backs, they could very easily say, "We got Swift, we got Jamal Williams, we got Carryon, and we got our fullback JC Kabinda, and that's all we need." That's very possible. So, I could also see them going away from the fullback and maybe be using an extra back. Possible. Yeah. Possible. I mean, regardless, I think you'll have four guys in the backfields, just depending if you know it's a fullback or if it's a running back, and you know he's gonna have to compete. He's going to have to compete. I would prefer a fullback personally over four running backs because I just don't think four running backs is very valuable. And if you guys want to look at what the Saints and Rams have done, don't quote me on this, but I believe both teams only had three running backs and a fullback. It's possible. Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. I know the Saints did. The Saints had Nick Bullo, right? No, that's the Seahawks. They had Michael Burton. Yeah, that Mike, Michael Burton, though. Another former Lion, though. Yeah. Michael Burton, yeah. And they had Dwayne Washington, two former Lions. Michael Burton almost cost us that Lion Saints game, which I. I mean, it would have been a bad thing now, but he almost had COVID and ended up being a false test, but whatever. Um, So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, it's going to be a steep battle for Jefferson to make this team. He's going to have a lot of stuff to go through. But if they do decide to go for running backs and no fullbacks, hey, you know, best of luck to Jamar Jefferson. He's going to have a fair opportunity this camp and just to prove what he could do. I mean, you know, maybe even interesting, maybe he wins a job over carry-on. I mean, that's going to be tough for him, but – We'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that, that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of steep. Right I now, mean, he's RB four or practice squad to me. Yeah. Um, or maybe some team could claim him as their RB three. I don't know. It depends. We'll see. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything about this kid. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know anything about this kid prior to us drafting him. But when we did draft him, I went back and I, I just watched him, and I honestly like his runs. I mean, he's a he's a guy who's not the best athlete, but you could tell he's a guy who has vision. And he, you know, he, you know, he finds a hole and he, he hits it, he hits it hard and he takes off. Um, so I like the kid. I mean, but you know, you got this reality, you know, he, he can't have too much expectations for this kid. You know, he's seventh, seventh round pick, you know, two picks away from the end of the damn draft. You know, is he, you know, he's a guy who may not even make the roster. You never know. Hopefully he, you know, is a practice squad body. You know, who knows? He could be running back four if we keep running back four, if he makes the, the you know, wins that, that role. But I'm not expecting much from him. I mean, the, the most I'm expecting from him is a practice squad if he makes it. And, you know, if he goes unclaimed, he could be on our, our practice squad. But right, he's good, good kid, man. Good runner. Um, I just think that we have our running backs right now. Yeah, I mean, it's also to mention, too, it's like, He's not the guaranteed RB4 because maybe they have him ranked over these other guys, but they went out right after the draft and signed two UDFA running backs. They went out and get Dredrick Mills from um, Nebraska, and they also go, uh, like Peter said, Rakeem Boyd from Arkansas. So they Last Chance U star. Yeah, I didn't know that. I never actually watched Last Chance U. That's a show I need to get on. But um, I've heard he was a Last Chance U type of guy, so... I guess shout out to last chance you never watched the show. What's on Netflix? Yeah. So. <laughs> um, before we close out, do you guys want to like start with some news from today? Kind of significant, I guess. Yeah. We no. There's some news that I love in this. So yes, talk about this. So, so tight end Josh Hill actually retired. Well, now I don't know why he retired, but I wish him the best. But the Lions did bring in a former Lion tight end Darren Felsen for a visit. So 
like the Lions right now need a tight end too. They they don't really have that on the roster. And they also signed, ready for this, Tyler? Long snapper Scott Daly. Is he going to challenge Mulebach? Find God, out. God, God bless Scott Daly. Don't even unpack your bags. <laughs> God bless you, but don't even <laughs> unpack your bags. Don't, they, also don't signed, unpack. Uh, they signed a guard, Evan Heim, I believe he pronounced his name. So last year, he didn't really get a chance because of COVID. You know how last year they didn't sign that many players? He was undrafted. This year, the Lions are going to give him a chance. So obviously, probably Holmes or whoever in that front office saw something in him. They're going to sign him, and he's going to compete. Maybe. You guys want to talk about the undrafted guys, too? Just say their names. So. Yeah, go for it. There's, <laughs> some, there's, there's, some, there's some exciting ones in there. Okay, so uh, Sage Surratt. We got linebacker Tavante Beckett, wide receiver Jonathan Adams Jr., DB A.J. Parker, D, or DB D'Angelo Amos, tight end Brock Wright, running back Dedrick Mills, running back Raheem Boyd, center Drake Jackson, DB uh, Jerry Jacobs, wide receiver Javon McKinley, offensive lineman Terry Kramer, and tight end Jake Hossman. Yeah. So 13 guys. I want to talk about something real quick and real quick. And this is one of my favorite football players. And you guys are wondering out of that whole list, favorite football player. And I'm going to tell you why. Darren Fells. Uh, the Lions bringing Darren Fells for a visit is so exciting. I think he is one of the most underappreciated football players in the game of football. I mean, he just does it all. I mean, you know how we mentioned offensive linemen being like that do it all that just improves in offense? That's Darren Fells to me, dude. He he's so productive in every phase of an offense. You want him on uh you want him to be a good blocker? He's a phenomenal blocker. You want him in the passing game? I think he's an underrated pass catcher as well. I mean, he offers so much to an offense that I enjoyed. I enjoyed Darren Fells so much when he was aligned for one year in twenty seventeen. I was actually very disappointed they didn't bring him back in twenty eighteen. He was Jake Robinson's bodyguard. He was, man. I mean, him, <laughs> what he did at that left tackle position, I obviously didn't play left tackle, but the help he did at left tackle with Greg Robinson was absolutely phenomenal in 2017. And he was a very good pass catcher. He was better than Ebron, in my opinion, honestly, as a pass catcher for the Lions. Like, I feel like they used him more valuable than Ebron. He was um, he was a Texans number one tight end, right? Yeah. T- tight end one, right? I believe so. And also, like, he's so productive. He had 11 touchdowns the past two years, like, combined. Yeah, That's he, pretty he, good for his age. Yeah, he was their tight end one. He's a he's a red zone target, man. I he love is. Darren Fells. Great blocker. Too. Great blocker. Yeah, he was he was good when he was down here. I was so I, disappointed when they didn't bring him back. I actually want to bring something up. Like apparently oh, he didn't want to play for Patricia. I that was what it was. Yeah, he didn't want to play with Patricia. Yeah, I don't blame him. him. <laughs> <laughs> Who does? <laughs> I want to bring up something, and this is this is something very 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 interesting. This is involving the draft, and it looked like a lot of guys you guys were high on went to a division rival and let's talk about this right now man i want to talk about i want to talk about the chicago bears and i see look on your faces like oh shit um you guys are hiring your boy justin fields they moved up in the draft to get him tevin jenkins the guy who you don't want to bring your mother around (laughs) he will bully your mother they went round two and grabbed tevin jenkins just those two picks alone man tyler how do you feel that we're going to be going against your two favorite prospects in this draft? Field is one thing, but Tevin Jenkins hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They both hurt a lot. I like Justin Field a lot, but Tevin Jenkins, man, they traded up to get him as well. When I saw they traded up, I'm like, dude, they're about to get Tevin Jenkins. Oh my goodness. But you know, it's kind of weird because they cut their left tackle, Charles Leno. And 
now I'm like confused. What are they going to do with Tevin Jenkins? Because if he's a left tackle, I don't know how much that really suits him. You know, he's not really a guy I would really trust, honestly, to protect the blind side. I just really like him in the run game a lot more than his pass protection. So him protecting the blind side is a very interesting move. If that is the case, I don't know if that is. But um, cutting Leno was a questionable move for the Bears for me. But, you know, getting him in the building, I mean, he's going to improve that Chicago Bears offensive line immediately you know he's going to help field he's going to help the running game a lot i mean he's just he's a football player dude and to get him in round two is absolutely phenomenal value for the chicago bears and then getting justin fields at what pick 11 training up for him also phenomenal value as well getting what you think to be a franchise quarterback is phenomenal value and i think something that is just not talked about enough and like people just think he's an automatic bomb is matt Nagy. Matt Nagy gets a bad rep, I think. I mean, obviously, you know, he hasn't had the greatest coaching resume and Bears fans that are call- calling for his head. But I think something that we got to mention that this is actually the first quarterback. And, you know, I don't know why it's taken them this long to get their their guy, their quarterback. But this is the first time that Matt Nagy has actually had the opportunity to get his quarterback in the draft class. Because, you know, everyone just thinks Mitch Trubisky was his guy, but that's just a guy he actually inherited coming into the Chicago Bears. wasn't a guy he, like, personally wanted drafted. And, you know, the guy that he personally wanted drafted and was on the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL. And I'm not saying Justin Fields is going to be Patrick Mahomes, but I think Nagy gets this terrible rep of, you know, being a terrible coach and can't develop quarterbacks. I think he's going to do wonders with Justin Fields, honestly. I think he's going to do a lot of wonders for him and, you know, I think it's honestly a pretty good fit for Justin Fields. So, you know, being an NFC North, it stinks because I think Fields is going to be really, really good for the Bears. And, you know, getting Jenkins in the second round, also phenomenal value. So it did hurt the soul a lot. I'm not saying we should have grabbed Justin Fields at seven, but it definitely did hurt seeing the Bears, you know, take like two of my favorite prospects in this whole class. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say this about the Bears, bro. I don't, I mean... I, Fields, I think he's gonna be a great player, but the thing is with Nagy, he got to show me more, bro. He just has to show me more. And also, the Bears released Charles Leno Jr., which was really surprising. So yeah, apparently, can... they're moving Jenkins to the left side. Caught me off guard. Like the the Bears, I don't know. If they are who we thought they are. Who we thought they were. They released Kyle Fuller in the off season, right? There's there's rumors that they can move Akeem Hicks. So like, what are the Bears exactly doing? I don't know. They are the Bears. They they are who they thought we were. They are who but they thought does, we were. But it, but it does seem like uh, Maggie and uh, and Pace might get an extra year because they drafted Fields and they might get an extra. They like I don't think they're on the hot seat anymore. I mean, the value the, the, the getting him at pick eleven was phenomenal, I and mean, I feel like they got him at a very good cost as well. It's like they traded yeah. a a one for next year. And then they traded a bunch of day three picks, I believe. Obviously, this year's one too, but yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the exchange picks. Yeah. It was a four and a five, a one. I mean, that's good, man. I mean, I I think I'm the only one that's not really worried about fields. I'm more I'm more worried about their their their, their pick at uh, two seventeen when you pick up Killer Herbert. Um, I feel like this this Bears team don't have a running game, don't have a real running game. So I think if Herbert comes out and balls out, oh. he huh? Who? <laughs> um, Khalil, Khalil Herbert. <laughs> no, I mean, all jokes aside, do you know who that is? Khalil Herbert is actually a solid running back. Yeah, oh, I don't know him. I don't, I don't know him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing I is, got really if, good value. 
Yeah, I mean, if he could come out, if we could give him a running game, I think Fields would be a lot better. I think if Fields don't have a running game, it's going to be <laughs> – I think it'll be really tough for that for Fields and the Chicago Bears if they don't have a running game. So that's why I'm more worried about Herbert to see if if he can actually do something with that offense. But besides that, I mean, Tevin Jenkins, I mean, he's cool. Fields is all right. I'm not really. Yeah, worried. I'm not worried um, one. I'm not worried one bit. But the it's thing like, is with Justin Fields, bro. Like, who does he really have on the O line? How are you going to protect him? Like that O line is not... really shaky. And again, running game is shaky. And Maggie hasn't proven much as a play caller. There is just so many life. question marks, bro. There's so many. I don't think he's gonna start right away either. I think they're gonna. Nah, he's not. They're gonna let. They're, they're, gonna, gonna, let, they're gonna let Dalton, Dalton get killed. They're gonna let Dalton get killed for a while, and then they're gonna bring him in. <laughs> and but then it, you gotta it, look. At, you gotta think of it this way: if Dalton stinks, like say yeah. they go one and three, don't you think the fans, everybody, the media is gonna say start Justin Fields? But if start the O line is bad, if the O line is Justin bad, bro, Fields. you're setting up Justin Fields for failure. I mean, I think it's the Bears are there, or we thought they were. I mean, they're, they're the Bears. I think they're going to do it. I think I can see Justin Fields starting by week five. I think that's actually what could happen. I think he started earlier. I think he started yeah, might, week, might, week, week four. Week, it might be way earlier. Cause I, I'm telling you, they start, they start off bad. The media, the fans, everybody's going to pressure Nagy to start Fields. And then Nagy knows, oh, shit, if I continue with – if I go – Five and what's the record will be? Five and they won five games. Five, five, five and uh, eleven. Five and five and twelve. Five and twelve. I go five and twelve. I'm out of a job. I'm out of a job. Hundred percent. So but if they like, start all bad, they have to start Justin Fields. And yeah, Justin Fields goes came in and he will come in in a really bad situation if they don't have the day and dress their O line. That's yeah. I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. Come in, come in, baby. I want him to start. I want him to play. Come in, Justin Fields. Let's fuck up your confidence early. <laughs> Early, <laughs> early. It's gonna be Northwestern every single every single week. Yeah, but I, I think um, I think they're gonna give him an extra year, regardless what happens this year, just to see what Fields has next year. Because they drafted, next? we'll see though. You think so? I, I yeah, I really do. I, I, they I, said they said the goal was to sit him like how the Ravens had Lamar, how the Chiefs had Mahomes. Let him learn for a year. Just sit. I, I just don't think they'll be that bad, honestly. Though, like I don't think they'll be a five and twelve contention bad and if rogers if rogers gets traded like we don't know but if he actually gets traded um the division is wide open up for grabs yeah the the bears i mean i think they'll be the vikings next but the bears they're a talented defense like we can't forget about that yeah they're talented defense i think the bears would be my favorite if rogers is out this division for next year no i mean i'll never put a faith on a rookie quarterback never fair enough enough. never 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 i'll put more faith in a rookie quarterback than kirk cousins though so (laughs) <laughs> uh, and honestly, it's more it's more faith into the defense more than the quarterback, honestly, because that defense is really good. Yeah, I think the Vikings have a way better offense. So, well, I like, I mean, overall, you got Cooks, you got Thielen, you got Jefferson, yeah. you got you got Ir- Irv Smith. So they have a better offense. But I think the defense shits uh, the Bears defense shits it, on the Vikings defense. It does shit to the Vikings. Well, defense. let's not forget though the the Vikings added two big fuckers: Michael Pierce, yeah, who they, <laughs> they had this Tomlinson, year, Delvin Tomlinson. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to be able to run up the gut against that yeah, team. So and you got Daniel Hunter coming back off of injuries. You play, got Bar yeah, coming there's, back. There's also rumors. There's also rumors on Daniel Hunter potentially wanting out as well. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, they they got to make him happy, bro. They don't really have much in terms of like. Uh, they did draft a couple edge rushers though, like in on day two and or is it day three? I forgot exactly what it was, but they did draft a couple edge rushers. And they got Darius on the first round, right? Darius. Uh, oh yeah. So. so. So, yeah, the NFC North is going to be interesting, man. It is. So, 
one, one last thing. One last thing. The way this draft went and the way we're projecting our offensive line and defensive line to be, do you still feel like we'll be a top 10 pick next year in the draft? Yep. I do. You do still? I, yeah. I think I think that's fine too. Like I th- I think it still gives a fair opportunity to golf, and it gives a fair opportunity to a lot of these guys that are just proving themselves. Because a lot of these guys, you know, it's going to be a year one for them, or it's going to be a year where they're proving themselves, or they haven't just haven't done much in the league. Uh, like a, a prime example is Charles Harris if he makes a team. Like that's a guy that's going to try to prove himself and try to you know win a roster spot for future for future years. So it's just a lot of prove it proving it this year and obviously with the coaching staff as well a lot of proving it this year but i think you're setting up for 2022 2023 you're expecting for a lot more competitive football but i think 2021 the goal for the lions is not really much winning it's just getting used to the scheme getting used to the team and you know let's be a competitive team let's get a bond and let's see who our roster will actually be looking like when we're competitive i don't expect much in the 21 season but if they do they shock some people hey by all means do it i'm not saying we have to tank Pierre, question for you. Um, yeah. A few, few weeks ago, a few probably a month ago, you said that this will be a number one overall pick. This team will be a number one overall pick bad. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, I still think they're top three bad. Top three in the, in, in the draft class? Like getting top yeah, three yeah, pick like, bad? Like they're top five pick. They just top don't five. have a lot of like difference makers. Like they have a lot of like unproven talent, the rookies. But I don't think like That's interesting. these guys still need to develop, bro. I don't think we're that good in terms of talent. I mean, this will be the first because I don't think there's ever been a top five offense that lost more than six games. I don't, I don't know. If top top I mean, I mean, I mean, one, yeah, top five, top five offensive line, top five offensive okay. line okay. that that had less than less than six wins. Well, it's like that, it, so. Fun, this will be this. Will, so the Lions will make records. That's what I'm saying. If if this happens, if we have a top five offensive line and we can't win six games, I think Detroit Lions will, will have a record because I think they're the first team to ever do that. And I, and this is this is another question I want to propose real quickly before we end the show. I know we're running over time right now, but real quick, real quick question. Keep it short. And I know we'll have the whole offseason to discuss this. But what does Jared Goff have to be ranked quarterback wise this year to say we don't need a quarterback next year? Where does he have to be ranked in the whole NFL? I think he has to do what he did in twenty eighteen. That's so all that, top twelve, eleven ish. Yeah, I mean if he if he if he plays well. And he puts up big yards and high touchdown value, like a high, uh, a good touchdown interception ratio. I don't think they they can afford to lose him if he plays really well. Okay. Yeah. Forget about rankings, right? If he could win you some games by himself, like with the way the roster is, if he could somehow win a couple of games for you, or if he comes back once again, he shows that clutch factor. He or he takes care of the football better. He gets better at throwing the deep ball, right? That's when you know. Like, throw rankings out the door. He just oh, has that, to improve a lot. Like, he needs to improve that, a lot. With that being said, that means his ranking goes up, obviously, as well. Yeah. So, like, I think... 20, 10, 20, 2018. 2018, 2018 form. But I, I, I don't know if we'll see that, bro. I just don't know if we'll see that. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying we'll see it. I'm just saying... Yeah, what I'm he, not saying we'll see it either. But yeah. I will say he has a fair shot to do it because this offensive line, if it is what we think it is can make quarterbacks do wonders so that's gonna make him play well he's gonna be able to read the he's gonna have time to read the defenses make you know find open man he's gonna have time so he i'm telling you if you have a top five offensive line that's why they usually win six plus plus games 
when you have a top five offensive line. Yeah, but when you have also the worst receivers room in the league. I mean, the, I'm, I'm gonna give you an example. I don't know the Colts had a good defense, but their receiving Colts receiving core wasn't good to me. They were okay. They were really okay. I mean, if you want to rank the Colts receiving core, probably bottom league compared to all that, to the other NFL teams. But look look at the Colts and why why is that? Because they have an offensive line, and I'm saying the offensive line does wonders. And not only that, we're we're forgetting DeAndre Swift. Yeah, we have a, we're gonna have a running game because Swift can stay and healthy Swift, and Swift, Swift is a guy that does does something that we never seen before and get 12, 13, 1400 yards. Look out! You never yeah, know just, what's gonna happen. He needs to stay so, healthy. He could do it if he's healthy. He uh, I'm saying, you never healthy. know. And then if something happens to him, you have Jamal Williams. So just let's just see, man. I, I'm excited. And TJ Hawkinson might might have the best year of his career. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. I want Hawk to break more tackles, right? Like he doesn't do that as much. I want him to kind of like, you know, you know how Kelsey breaks those tackles when he catches the ball. I want to see that. You want, him to turn, you want him to turn to Kyle Pitts? This is turn. <laughs> no, like he gets tackled right away. Like once he catches the ball, sometimes I want him to like start breaking those yeah, tackles for sure. Yeah. I'm sure he's working on that too. He's he's working on his lower strength. Yeah, I I would, I would just say very quickly. I think Goff has to be middle of the pack quarterback. I think if he's in that top fifteen range of quarterbacks in the NFL, think we, we have a, I think we have a shot of keeping him around, and you could just build around him at that point. If he's anything worse and has one of the worst years in his NFL career, he's he cut young. ties. If he cut ties, and then you know you look at your future quarterback in the next upcoming draft. You may be right, but if he's a middle pack and they're losing, I don't see a, a way of them keeping him. Yeah, he has to win you games, bro. He has to at least. If the defense has given up an average of like 30 plus points and he's doing well and you're just not winning games, it's not all on him, though. It's not, but you know how it is. It is it's circled around the, the play caller. We'll yeah, see. I want to see Anthony Lynn, too, as a play caller, too, because he hasn't really called plays. Um, like, he called a little plays with LA, but he hasn't like been a full time play caller. So I want to see how he adjusts to his new role, kind of. All right. So, obviously, wait and see a lot of these guys. And mm. I, th- I think we're all in agreement. Jared Goff's got a fair opportunity this year. It's right. make or break. Make or break for him. And I think overall, we're all in love with this draft class. And usually, we don't get this type of a reaction from all three of us. You know, maybe you get one guy that's very over-optimistic and a guy that's not optimistic. Or, you know, it doesn't usually float all three of us. It's floating all around Detroit right now. It is. Yeah. It just is right now. So, it's super right. exciting. Hope you guys all enjoyed this nailed episode. Nailed it. Yeah, they nailed it. Um, very quickly, I think it's easy to say. I mean, I don't usually ever do this, but this was A minus A draft. I think you guys are on that same boat, right? Yeah, I have this as an A, A minus B plus draft. Well, I'm leaning towards the A, so this is like an A minus for me. Yeah. To me, it was an A, and also Dean Bugler, draft analyst. He had the Lions having the third best draft in the NFL as well. So. I mean, just a lot the, of the national media was high on Detroit as well. Yeah, just the Hollywood brought in. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. So, hope again. Hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of our breakdowns. Nailed it. Class. Super fun. You hear Malcolm making weird noises about nailing it. I love it. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited <laughs> to see what this new regime could do. A very good, nice, fresh start. I'm excited, man. I'm just excited. I hope I don't have to regret this. I hope I don't have to go back in a couple of years and you guys are going to bring up old audio clips. Let's not do that. Let's just hope we, we win. We build a winning culture here. Let's do that. It just yeah, makes man. it easier for everybody, right? So. It's, it's exciting. We have a GM who's aggressive. He's also like not like like careless aggressive. He's like smart with it. 
and we have a front office that actually says what they're doing. They don't keep everything a secret. And the energy too there, bro. Like, did you ever see Bob Quinn do what Brad Holmes did when the, when he when he picked Akuda? Like, did you see that? Well, Patricia probably couldn't jump like that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> bro, Brad Holmes almost tackled Rod Wood. <laughs> like, it was it was just awesome seeing that reaction. Like, that was Tyler's reaction. Tyler was going crazy. He was screaming. Malcolm was screaming. And like, Brad Holmes was hype as hell. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. awesome, man. You got yeah, like that, that energy is going to translate to the players, bro. Like when your head coach, your GM have that kind of energy, your players are going to play with that kind of energy. And guess what? Players are going to want to. People are going to want to come to Detroit. I can see in a few years this might be a hot spot, man. A lot of players may want to come here, man. I mean, just look, just look very briefly. Like this is not a huge free sign, but we just talked about him, Darren Fells. He came from like having zero interest after his contract twenty seventeen. They brought Patricia to now saying, "Hey, you guys got Campbell, you got Holmes. Hey. I'm interested. Let's let's hey, maybe we'll go to deal here." He's like, hey, yeah. you guys buy kneecaps over here? Shoot, yeah, bring, bring me in. I want to buy some. I want to take a chunk of a kneecap again. <laughs> hey, you're you're gonna hear the reference on Fox every time we, you know, he plays the former basketball player. You know, he's used to rebounding and boxing. <laughs> it's like the Stafford and Kershaw comparison. Oh, there. Speaking of like fighting kneecaps, did you guys see what Anzuruki said? Oh, Anzuruki. It's what he didn't say. Okay, okay. Well, let's let's. I'm gonna like try to keep it PG. Okay. Yeah, I like bleeping awesome. people up. I like to get off the line and just put my helmet or my hands on offensive linemen and bleep up an offensive scheme pretty much. I like push them back two or three yards and just making them feel like shit. That's what I'm talking about, man. Okay, Bring so them in. If you want the non-PG version, which I got my two words right now, I could still say it. He wants to fuck people up and he wants to fuck game plans up. So that's, <laughs> that's what I'm talking <laughs> okay. about, man. Bring it in. Okay, yeah. So, uh, again, hope you guys all enjoyed. And I'm signing out, guys. Peace. Alright guys, hope you're all staying safe during this time and I'm out. Peace. Alright y'all, it's your boy Malcolm. Um, for the people who joined our draft party, hope you enjoyed it. I do have it, the audio available so you want to go back and listen. Definitely tune, tune in. It's a hilarious episode. I, I actually listened to both of them. Hilarious episode. Definitely go back and listen to it. And um, yeah man, I hope you guys all enjoyed the draft like, uh, like we did. And with that being said, man, I am out. Peace. <laughs>